Hello, and welcome to Health and Fitness Redefined. I'm your host, Anthony Amen. Join me today as we take a dive into the world of health and fitness, where we learn how to overcome adversity, depict facts versus fiction, and see health and fitness in a whole new light. Today, we have an awesome guest on the show, Nancy Cook. I don't want to spoil too much, but just to give this woman credit, you have run multiple marathons, Ironmans. I, I can't even keep track. I was listening and looking up your biography, and I was just like blown away from what you've done, all while having, or at least diagnosed afterwards with stage four lymphoma and overcoming that. So that's insane. But a huge congratulations to you, and welcome to the show, Nancy. Thank you, Anthony. Great to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Absolute pleasure to have you here. I just want to kind of take a dive right into it. So how did you get started? I mean, you're, I know you said you were kind of into uh, some college athletes. You played basketball, right? Yes. Yes. I, so, uh, yeah. Go for it. All right. All right. I, um, I grew up on a farm, so I've always been an athlete throwing hay bales. I used to tell people I got my, my muscles throwing hay bales as a kid. Cause my dad used to, my what dad kind of used farm? to post, uh, it's a dairy farm. My sister actually still runs the dairy farm and uh, her and her husband size and dairy farm in Georgia, Vermont. They milk about 175 head Holstein cows and are just doing really well up there. They're about wow. 300 acres and it's a hard life. Uh, we grew up there. My sister, we had four siblings and I had three siblings, including myself. We had four of us. So my dad put us to work as kids and we are out there throwing hay bales in the hay in the hay barn stacking hay and and i was the one that actually got into athletics more than any of the other kids i was a basketball player i loved going to camps playing basketball and just doing all sports i i played all sports i played softball i played field hockey i ran cross country I played softball. I, I did a lot of different things growing up. And we were state champs when I was a junior in high school for basketball. And I, I really loved it. I loved it so much. I used to coach. And I actually, after college, I played in college. And then after college, I became a girls varsity basketball coach at Woodstock High School in Vermont also. So basketball is a big part of my life. When I was in college though of course i i talked about this but i met much like other people when you go to college your diet changes and you're trying new foods and you're drinking beer or going to parties and doing all kinds of stuff and eating late at night and going out to dunkin donuts like, or wherever it is you know? the world. <laughs> <laughs> college life i lived it so i put on that weight and it was hard. It was hard to, to take that off. I think my senior year in college was my heaviest year of my whole life. And it was like, oh, and I was playing basketball. So I was boxing people out. I mean, the weight wasn't a big, big problem when I was playing sports then. But as soon as I started to run or started to do anything else, I'm like, I have got to shed this weight. So I started to run and running was the easiest way to just zip it off. I would the longer I would run, the more weight I would lose. So I would run, <laughs> keep running and running. And I was running and I was swimming. I I swam in Green Mountain College. We swam at the pool there. And my friend asked me to be the swimmer on his triathlon team. And we had a runner. And we showed up at the triathlon that day. This I think I was a junior in, in college. And our runner had gone out drinking the night before and didn't show up. 
Sounds about right. <laughs> Duty. I know. I I can pick. I'm friends with him now too. So like pick on him, but it it started my triathlon career because I I ran and I swam and biking was my favorite of the three. So and we we placed really well. I can't remember what we did as a team if we won or not. But I thought oh, I've got to do this all by myself because I just did like you know two thirds of the whole thing and Glenn had done the bike, but came back the second year and I won first female. There wasn't a lot of people in the little race, but still it was like, Ooh, you know, I love to win and <laughs> the winning is fun. And that kind of kicked me off. And I really saw that I could do well. And I never really focused on any of those sports before and just started to look at that as a fitness regime. And it really kept my weight off. So that really motivated me was the whole keeping my weight off and really being fit. And, and then, to be able to place in races, win second, whatever it is, age group, you know, I think that's the best thing about running, no matter where you go, you're just ranked with the people that are there. And that can really, that can motivate you or just crossing the finish line in some cases. And when you're running the big, big ones, you're looking at a much different like percentage of the top or percentage of the crowd. So there's a lot of ways you can look at the data to really continue to motivate yourself to run and run faster and and do all kinds of sports so yeah so that's where that's where i got it started it's a very i will always remember i'm a big spartan race person when you, you're doing these things and you feel like you're just lagging behind and you're like there's no way i'm doing well and then you finish the race and you pull up your stats and you rank and you're just yeah. it's mind-blowing because you're like i literally walked half that thing yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I yeah, it's just crazy. I uh, so when I started doing triathlons, it was I mean it was fun. I just I continued to just push myself harder and harder, and started doing Ironmans, and I was doing the Ironmans and the half Ironmans, and it was just the long distance stuff. And we would ride and we would make friends, and I had all these friends that were bikers, and it was my it was my you know it was my crew, it was my tribe that I would just hang out with on a Wednesday night time trial with a cycling club and, and just being able to do all those things and meet different people that were <clears throat> doing the same thing that you're doing really, again, fuels you to do better, but also fuels you to keep going. So the longer that I continue to meet people within that love to do those same things that I love to do, I ended up doing four Ironman triathlons. My fastest was 1152 wow. and I never went to Hawaii. I was always thinking I was good enough to go to Hawaii. I ended up second in my age group on that one race. And I thought, oh, if I was first, I would have gone to Hawaii in a qualification. But and then I thought, oh, I'll come back to it. And and then I started getting into just doing more and more marathons. I would do two or three marathons a year. And I, I ended up doing 35 marathons and qualified for Boston a, a bunch of different times, competed in Boston 10 times. I was seventh master at Boston in 2007, the year of the Nor'easter. And that was my, that was my big highlight. I ran a 305.59. So that was, Let, that was pretty exciting. That actually, Cause I found that very <laughs> interesting. Yeah. Two separate points. The first one was the very first Ironman you did, right? Talk yeah. to us about what kind of thoughts were running through your head after you started the race. How did you yeah. motivate yourself to keep going on Iron Man number one. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think 
really knowing, engaging, knowing it's going to be a long day. I think my first Ironman was just under 13 hours. So it was like a 1250 something or 1240 something. And it was in Sunapee, New Hampshire. The swim was in the lake and which is a pretty mellow swim as far as swims go. The, but the problem with swimming is the swimming can mentally get to you because you're in with a mass, you know, you're in the mass swim, which is if you don't mass, you don't normally mass swim with people unless you compete in triathlons all the time and you get used to that. But the mass swim is tough. And then you get out of the water and you're tired, but that's like the shortest part of the whole thing. So you're like, you're glad the swim's over, but here you go on the bike. And the bike to me is meditative. And I mean, it's very hilly and sunny, So it's like getting up and down the hills. And it was like counting the hills because it was five laps around the lake. And it was, it was interesting. It was tough because the hills kept coming and you knew, you knew the steepness of the hill and you knew the signs. Cause you know, those cheer, cheer squads are out and all their, their tables are out there cheering you on and everything. So you knew what was coming or you knew how much you had left because it was the laps. And then I finished and the run, of course, by that time, you, it's 13 hours. So you're running in the dark. So that was tough. It's wow. tough being in the dark, right? To finish. If you, and, and again, my 11 hour, my 11 hour, 50 something minute last, my PR there was in the dark. So they're all, I mean, your finish is in the dark. So you're just, you're just digging it in and knowing it was long or knowing that finish line. And it's like the focus on the finish line or just whatever it, you can do to think about what else can I do to keep myself mentally going and mentally focused to put one foot in front of the other. And, and I do this in marathons. I've done this in marathons or 50 milers. I've done, I have two 50 milers I've done also, but in the, you just talk yourself into it. You, you're like, all right, you and, and running up Mount Washington. That's the other one that I do. But you talk yourself into it. It's like, I'm going to you can walk for a minute, but you're going to run for five or you're going to, you know, and you just kind of negotiate with yourself. Like, how much do you think you have left inside of you that you can push so that you can get to that rest period? And I, that's what you do. You just kind of juggle it all and you feed off the crowd. I mean, thank goodness people are still out there cheering people on and everybody's got their own people there cheering for them but it's it's real important that you can you can derive that energy from people from the ground from you know whatever your mental capacity is to be able to dig deep and finish you know because the finish is the goal the goal is to finish no matter no matter what you do no matter how hard you go and you need to know that when you finish, you, you got to feel proud and strong and just, I did it. And I walked across that line or I ran across that line, whatever the case may be, you crossed it. So that's, that's interesting. I'm kind of replaying some things in my head, what you said. And I think it goes along with everybody in all aspects of life where you take small little steps and small little victories to accomplish a bigger goal. Like you were saying with the running, it's take that one minute rest to do a five minute run. You're not thinking about the 13 hours you have. You're just thinking, all right, just five minutes. Yeah. And then you could take that and plug that into eating healthier. You could take that and plug that into mm -hmm. running a successful business. You know, let's focus on this, take a little breather and then go back to this. And that's exactly what I was doing in my race was where it's like, you know, you take that 
30 second rest and they're like, all right, let's run for a minute. Take that 30 yeah. second rest and run. And I want to jump forward a little bit and talk about some, an interesting connection that was kind of playing in my head mm-hmm. about your story. So you ran the Boston marathon during an Easter, which mm-hmm. for those that don't live in the Northeast, oh my gosh, <laughs> we're talking okay. wind, rain, <laughs> snow, cold. It's not a fun experience to be mm-hmm. doing it. Get along running a marathon during one. I don't want to be outside. <laughs> Do you feel like that in of itself, which I know, just correct me if I'm wrong, it was only a few years after that you got diagnosed with cancer that helped prep you mentally to deal with that diagnosis. Can you just talk about that a little bit? Yeah. I they predicted this nor'easter and they talked about canceling Boston, which they never do. You know, they never cancel Boston. They, they, it, for some reason it just goes on and on depending. And it was coming. The nor'easter, nor'easter was coming. It was just really frigid, cold weather and, and dealing with not only training in that, getting ready for it, training in that, but then preparing yourself for what do I wear? <laughs> What's it going to feel like? How are the blisters going to, ma- you know, whether it's rain, snow, sleet, whatever it is, how are you going to, you know, put your outfit together? That's going to give you the best result. Weird as it sounds, it's, it's key, but you've got, you, you, you get there and people, you know, there's people that dropped out or people that don't do it. And you just have got to put yourself on that line and say, I'm going to do this and I'm going to, I'm going to do the best that I can. And, and I'm going to think positive about it because each step is going to make me stronger. I mean, I'll get, I'll be stronger and stronger for every step. And to finish that is huge because you'll be able to say, Hey, I did this in a nor'easter and it, it's, and nobody's there. I mean, the crazy part about doing that race in 2007 was you see the streets of Boston for most races. And I and I got to be honest with you, running in the heat is much worse for me. I hate running in the oh, heat. I running totally in the disagree heat. on oh. that <laughs> It's horrible, like having to run a marathon for me. I mean, for me and not for everybody, but I, I don't do well in the heat, but I do well in the cold because I grew up in Vermont and I'm just a skier and I snow, you know, snow is me, but it's... <laughs> To be able to do that without uh, spectators, because there's nobody out when it's raining and snowing and windy and cold and nasty. Nobody wants to be out cheering people on in that kind of weather. So there's like hardly anybody there. It's like a ghost town. You've got people at the start. You've got a few people, a few people at the finish. But if you've seen pictures of Boston at the finish, it's gargantuan. There's tons and tons and tons of people. But during that nor'easter, there was nobody there. And the hilarious part about this was, this is the year I met my husband and he met me. I mean, he met me at the finish line uh, with a dozen roses and he had gathered all these women around him yelling my name. And it was crazy because they were right at the finish line screaming my name. And here he was with roses and I could see him. And that would not happen in a normal year because there's too many people. And there's t- it was it was crazy, but... That was, uh, yeah, that was that story. But yeah, it definitely, and as far as prepping it for the cancer diagnosis, I relate a lot of my endurance and my just fortitude and determination from my training, from my, from being able to compete and complete and, and do as well as I have done in my athletics to 
surviving cancer and, and, and doing well during that cancer fight because my mental fortitude was better because I was putting one foot in front of each other because I was doing what I love to do because I set my sights high and I set my goals high that I got to that finish line versus if I didn't have that experience, I wouldn't know what that would be. I don't know what that'd be like. I don't know what it's like. I know what it's like to have to push myself for 13 hours. I know what that's like or more, you know, with, I did a, I did a 50 miler. My second 50 miler was in the heat. Again, I'm not a heat person. And it was one of the most horrible. <laughs> I had the horrible experience because I got dehydrated and I tripped and I fell, but I wow. stood back up and I had a friend. My friend Kristen was my my person, my pacer at the end. They let you have a pacer at the last 10 for the Vermont 50. She she walked with me. She walked and it was a walk. It was a walk. The last 10 miles of that 50 was a walk. And I could barely walk. I would trip over the roots. I could, and it downhill was really hard. My legs were shot, shattered. I had been running for, you know, up and down in the, in the hills of Escutney and that whole Brownsville, that whole area in Vermont for 13 hours. I mean, I, it was tough. <laughs> and, but I don't know, like I said, with the whole having being diagnosed with cancer was like, I got the diagnosis. And when I saw the lymphoma specialist, like, can I still run? Can I still run? I mean, like, I wanted to run because I knew that when I was out there running, that was like my meditation. It was my, it was what I, my whole accomplishment through each day was when I would set foot and I would put one foot in front of the other. When I knew I could do that, I was surviving. I love that. And I, I don't know if maybe you realize or don't realize that that connection you built in being able to like, you fell during a 50 mile run. I don't even know people who run five mile <laughs> runs, yet on 50. <laughs> and you were able to get yourself back up and it's got to hurt. I mean, your bones and your joints got to be swollen at this point, blisters everywhere. And yet that fortitude and that grit behind pushing yourself forward, accomplishing that kind of gave you that feeling of, Hey, if I can do this, that I can get over this. Yeah. So I want to jump into that. So you get diagnosed, you see a bunch of specialists. I know that shock of, Hey, you have stage four in lymphoma. That, that had to be something crazy, but not only that, you went ahead during chemotherapy and ran another marathon. Am I wrong? Yeah, no, I did that. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, can I run? And he's like, yeah, well, I have a marathon I signed up for Chicago in the fall. I has diagnosed July and beginning of July and my marathon was in October. And I, I'm like, can I run? And he, and yeah, the guy was like, sure he, you listen to your body if you if you run you can run go for it do it it's going to make you feel better it's going to make you heal faster or it's going to just bring and i think it really did i think it brought my white cell blood count all all of that up it gave me again that mental positive strength to be able to move forward but yeah i did that it was crazy because you would you think about and those of and if you've trained for a marathon you have training cycles and you have 
you have rest days and you have long run days and you have sprint days and you have, you know, you put it all together <clears throat> to get yourself ready and building up your mileage with giving yourself the proper rest, but also giving yourself the proper push and the proper longer miles. So I built that all in my training plan, depending on my chemo cycle. So I would have chemo and that would be my off week. And then I would, I feel kind of crappy still that next week. And then I would feel a little bit better. So I get a little bit higher. And then I would put my long runs in. So I would strategically put my long runs in when I was feeling my best. So I was able to do that, which was pretty, I was pretty happy with it. And I felt really good when I was doing it. And it just gave me something to really focus on and think about is my health and my progress. And that I think was huge for me. And when and you I go into chemotherapy, yeah. <laughs> when you go yeah. into chemotherapy, did you feel like, I know a lot of people who do it, they, it's kind of a death sentence to them and they get kind of run down. Were you that beacon of hope to some people? Were you able to kind of gather people along? Hey, look, I'm doing this. We're in the same boat. Let's do it together. Did you feel any kind of sense of connection going through chemo like that with anyone? Yeah, you know, during chemo and during that time, I I have worked for the American Cancer Society. I've uh, two years ago, I, I, I left the society, but I had been working for the American Cancer Society 16 years at that point in time. Wow. So my role, my role was in the event space. So I was working with with people and promoting fundraising events for the American Cancer Society. And I would actually I remember one time, I think it was a, I think it was a determination run too, which is their marathon program where you raise money for the American Cancer Society. But I had jumped on a conference call during my chemotherapy in the in the doctor's office so i had and i would share my story and people have i shared it at the new england relay for life university and i shared it with the all staff conference so i i was able to speak about my journey while i was in it and i had i had this blonde wig and i and i would speak and i had this part where i ripped my wig off and you could you know see the bald head which was pretty stunning. It was crazy, but it, it was, it was, it was really, and I had so many people come up to me and I still have people come up to me. I have people come up to me a lot now where even now I'm 10 years cancer free, people will come up to me and be like, how did you do it? And can you talk to my friend? And can you talk to this person needs someone to talk to that's been through that, that, that has worked through and had an exercise program and now is diagnosed, can you talk to them? And, and I have talked to a lot of people individually, a lot of athletes, a lot of strong athletes, but also a lot of just regular athletes too, that just in giving them that hope that feel good, do what makes you feel good and listen to your body and talk to your doctor about it and make sure you have a good match with your doctor that knows you're that kind of person that, that needs that in their life. Because I did, I needed that in my life. And what was, what would be that take-home advice for people, let's say you get diagnosed with cancer, if you were sitting in front of someone right now, because I'm sure there's people listening to this that maybe themselves or know somebody, what, what kind of inspiration and advice can you say, hey, let's move forward together and you can get through this? Kind of give us a little inspiration there for a second. Yeah, I had a whole bunch. I had I had developed a whole bunch of quotes. I'll have to send you those quotes for the follow-up notes, but I... I always say, or I would suggest, or how would I say this differently? <laughs> Keep doing what you want to do. Keep doing what you like to do. Keep doing what gives you energy, what gives you strength. 
because that is what's going to pull you through. Just going to the doctor and just getting chemotherapy and just having that in your life to get rid of those bad cancer cells is one thing, but to be able to take that next step for your own self, for your own mental self, your own physical self, your own strength, you need to keep doing what you love to do because that's what's going to make you stronger. That's what's going to, that's what's really going to pull you through and make you even better on the other end. And I think that if you keep doing what you love to do, and this is any disease, this isn't just cancer. This is anything that you face. And it's, and just keep doing and keep, keep your sights high, keep your goals reachable so that you can set them higher, but reachable so you can get them and then grow from there. And I think that you need to be realistic with your body. You need to make sure that your body can take what you're giving it, but you also need to push yourself just a little bit so that you can be the best you can be. Because sometimes we hold ourselves back because we're afraid and we may not feel that we have the strength, but if you have that self-confidence, if you have that inner strength, you can, you can take that to the next level and be better for it. Be better for it in the other side and be better for other people because you, a lot of times we depend on other people to bring us up or we want other people to kind of cheer us up and bring us up. But when it really comes down to it, you are your own biggest fan and you need to be that fan for yourself to get you through it i love that being your <laughs> own biggest fan and that is so true in so many different ways the only person who can make you happy is you yeah. and i think that's the easiest way to put it but i mean we're talking this you got cancer free nine years ago ten years ago um, right yeah. yeah ten years ten. that's awesome so in the last ten years why don't you just tell our audience what you've done. I know you ran up Mount Washington straight up one hill, 7.6 yeah. miles, if I remember correctly, which is yeah. mind blowing more than once, by the way. But talk to yeah. us like you're cancer free, what you've done. And do you feel like now the sky's the limit and you can just push yourself even further? Talk to us a little about that. Yeah. So it was even right after I was diagnosed and I finished Chicago. In November, so Chicago is in October. I had qualified for Boston for that next year. So it was April, Boston, that two, that, that next year. So 2010, 2011, Boston. I went to the doctor and he thought he found a spot on my spleen. So he said, We're going to have to take your spleen. And I'm training for Boston. <laughs> so, wow. <laughs> right after cancer. And I was training for Boston. Anyway, I got my spleen out. I had trained. And so, I, of course, I, I built my training program around the fact that I was going to be having this surgery. So I trained all my long runs. I got all my stuff in before I had my surgery. Had the surgery. Six weeks later, I ran Boston. And I ran Boston in a 3.30 that, that year. You so that wait, was the wait. first thing you, I did. <laughs> you ran the yeah. Boston Marathon again. Six, six weeks, weeks after I you had your spleen taken out. My surgeon said, I know you runners. I'm going to have to break your leg if, to tell you not to run Boston. <laughs> it, was like, it was really funny. But I, I was I was fine. I, it wasn't like, you know, I wasn't pushing anything. And I my doctor knew what I was doing. So I was fine. 
But that was the first crazy thing I did. Then the second thing was my that was my first 50 was after cancer. So the first 50 miler I did was after cancer. And that was that following September because I still had really short hair. You can see it in the 50 miler photos. But I ran at 830, 50 qualified for Western States lottery that year. So 830, 50 miler. I was fourth woman. That was right after wow. I had my cancer. Yeah. And then I did another 50 a few years later, went 50 for my 50. My friend Karen talked me into it crazy. I didn't train as well. I just wasn't focused. So I had a, not as good the second 50. Uh, what else have I done? So I did, I, I got really into the mountain running. I love the mountain series. I love the mountain series runners. I love that whole, that whole thing because I'm a skier. I'm a ski instructor. I'm a level three ski instructor. And I teach at Stowe Mountain Ski Resort doing private lessons there with my whole family. We all teach skiing. And let's see. So we've done, I've done a bunch of those. I've done a bunch of mountain runs and Mount Washington is my absolute favorite. We had last year or the last year that we did Mount Washington, which wasn't this past year because of COVID, but we were third senior team, my, my two other friends and myself. I've been like top three there uh, for the, for a, a bunch of years. I've done it six times, Mount Washington, and I love that race. It's one of my favorite races. But all the mountain series and all the mountain series runners, we ran up Waterville for the first time. We did the National Mountain Running Championship, and I placed in my age group for that race. That was two years ago also. And let me see what else. Cape Cod. I did Cape Cod just a couple of years. Let's see. How long ago is that now? It seems so crazy because we haven't had races in so long. But I ran a 340 something at Cape and, and qualified wow. for Boston with my Cape Cod in, in this torrential, you know, eastern New England weather. And it was like this hurricane winds off the off the water for that cape cod marathon it was crazy cold cape cod gets crazy wind <laughs> yeah it does oh my gosh it was so nuts yeah so that's that was my that's my running stuff i've, I've done a bunch of skiing stuff i got certified as an inline skating instructor um inline skating instructor this year i'm level one inline skating instructor i'm working on the skate to ski clinics um with psia and skate ia so i'm doing wow that stuff that's kind of off kilter kind of stuff i'm uh what else am i doing i yeah i got i got a whole bunch of certifications and then i got this i have a new position with the navy seal foundation so the navy seal foundation um supports the warriors and their families that uh with the navy seal foundation with the all the navy seals when they go off their the families and the support that they need um in that whole in that whole process to be able to really support them uh we are doing this for the first time ever a signature activity challenge with the pfp the physical fitness test so it's what they need to do to qualify for seals and so i'm the peer-to-peer -peer fundraising person working with corporations and we're going to have two locations uh virginia beach and coronado california for the two locations and then we're going to be virtual so it's pull-ups sit-ups, push-ups, a three-mile run, and uh, yeah, so that's coming up. That's coming up in October. That's exciting. That's a new role for me, and what else am I doing? Yeah, so, I, oh, rowing. I'm a rower. Yeah, so indoor rowing. That's been my latest thing. I I passed the three million mile mark, and I'm almost three four million. million. Miles. Oh, sorry, three million meters. Sorry, three million, million meters. meters. I was like, yes. 
<laughs> yeah, so I've been doing that and I'm ranked pretty high in my age group. I I was second at Crash Views, which is an indoor sprint competition last year. So I, I placed there and I've just been obsessed with rowing during this whole COVID thing in my basement gym. And that's been super fun and has just really kept me physically fit and and really just enjoying the fact that we have to stay home and stay safe. <laughs> Nancy, you, uh, you're blowing me away here. I don't know if you see my facial reaction. I'm just like, <laughs> absolutely insane. What, just tell us a little more, what kind of big future plans do you have coming up? And then of course, where can people find you if they want to get in touch with you? Yeah, well, I'm hoping that Washington's going to happen in June, depending on as far as the whole COVID environment for events. So that's one that I'm, I'm in right now. That one I'm in. I like I said that Cape Cod. I qualified for Boston. I keep thinking that's gonna fit my schedule at some point. So we'll see what happens with with all of those races. Everything's kind of in in the air. In the meantime, I'm doing this rowing thing, and I'm I'm an ambassador for the Athletic Brewing Company. And that's Shout been really Athletic yeah. Brewing Company here again. Yeah. <laughs> the Athletic Brewing Company. Yes, that has been so fun. It's been great to see people, like meet new people and, and just kind of being out of your comfort zone and kind of pushing. It's like a whole new challenge to be able to get outside. And I just love following dry January. Here we are, day 11. Yeah, so excited about that. I feel really good. And I love the beer. So that's just been so fun that I love that. And yeah, so I've been doing all of those challenges, any challenges. I'm really doing a lot of these challenges to really see what's, what is motivating people to do virtual challenges and what can you do better in a virtual challenge? Because when I'm doing my challenge coming up in October, I want to do the best we can do at that. As far as finding me in Nansky Mountain, Nansky Mountain, because I'm my whole thing is mountains. I love mountains and uh, skiing mountains and hiking mountains and running mountains. That's me. So Nansky Mountain. So it's N-A-N-S-K-I-M-T-N, and that's on Twitter and on Instagram and WordPress. So it's Nansky Mountain WordPress.com. So those are the easiest ones to find me, as well as Facebook. I'm on Facebook too. So. And I got to get you in touch with uh, Mason, the head yeah. of the Athletic Brewing Company. He was on last week, and you and him have a lot in common. Oh, cool. <laughs> you should talk to him. That guy uh, biked from Alaska to Florida for fun. Wow. Wow. Yeah, for fun. Is, you, both of you guys, you're making me want to just do something crazy. I feel like I haven't done anything anymore. I'm like, what have I accomplished? <laughs> I got to keep up with you two. And, Nancy, you're really uh, a true inspiration and I, I really mean that and thank you for joining us on this week's episode of health and fitness redefined don't forget subscribe to our show and join us next week as we dive deeper into this ever-changing field thanks so much for coming on nancy it was a pleasure Great. thank you appreciate it thanks anthony thank you